0: Hi, my name is Matthias and the title is a little misleading because the content that you're about to see is more a survey of the field of transfer reinforcement learning and this is a takeaway from the research agenda that we will uh, present. Because this is a survey, we will first look at related work that has already looked at the field, compare our approach that we will take to theirs, and only then we will start talking about transfer and reinforcement learning in actually. And after presenting it, we're gonna analyze the data that we collected, build a research agenda based on what we see, and also form up a vision as this is a vision paper. So first off, let's start with related work. So. The first entries that we found were from 1985. So there's been plenty of work done on the field of transfer and reinforcement learning. The most notable surveys are listed here. Um, The list itself is not that um, interesting. There's two remarkable entries, one by Taylor and Stone, with a general survey and framework. This is the framework that we will be using to categorize the papers that we look at. Um, And Datarig also has uh, such a framework from 2012. But what we can see here from this survey list is that there's a bunch of different surveys all looking at small subsections of transfer and reinforcement learning. For example, intertask curriculum or deep reinforcement learning or multitask. So many, many different subfields. And we wanted to get an unbiased snapshot of this field. So instead of going into Google Scholar, or the library or wherever you would look for related work, we downloaded the Microsoft academic graph, which contains a few billion papers. And then we just scrape anything that contains the words transfer, reinforcement and learning is uh, will be included in our data. And we had around 350 or 40 hits and after removing duplicates and uh, all the like, we were at 270 unique entries of which around 57% have not been included in any of the previous surveys. So that's very interesting. But we also want to note that a lot of the papers that actually do transfer and reinforcement learning don't contain transfer reinforcement learning in their abstract or title. So this is a partial view only. So let's get into what transfer and reinforcement learning actually is. So this is a figure that I sketched based on the framework from Taylor and Stone that we use. We, Taylor and Stone talk about the allowed learner being case-based hierarchical. We added the RL algorithm to step two to have more precise in our data, did they use Q-learning, DQN, PPO, or whatever. So here at step two, we have the classical reinforcement learning loop, an agent trains on a task while training knowledge is generated but this source task that is trained on also has to be selected i want to stress that although it says knowledge is created by the agent here um, this is just a simplification this knowledge can stem from anywhere it doesn't have to necessarily stem from the agent training itself anyways the created knowledge is then transferred to an agent that reuses it to train on a target task. The two tasks, source and target task are bound to differ in some way. These are the difference between the tasks, depending on how different they are. If they, for example, are in a different domain, you might need mappings so that the agent can still understand how to act in this environment because it's so different from the source task. This training on the new task will will then result in the transfer learning metrics we see at the very right. And for each of these numbers, this is basically a category where we assign a value for each of these 270 papers we found. One of the first um, things we did is look at what papers already use deep neural networks. What you see here? So this is a publication timeline spanning from 2010 to 20, the years before that are cut off for visibility, but you can see the full graph on our demo website that I'm gonna show in a second. But if we look at this figure, we can see that the adaption of deep neural networks really only took off in 2018 or although it could have happened in 2010 already. So that's very interesting to see that there was a later adoption or initial skepticism towards deep deep learning. Um, The nice thing is, so based on this data, this open data, we use Vega, which is a cool visualization system. We have built this nice website that you yourself can visit and then look at the individual category data in a chart or table. And you can even filter it. For example, let's say I only want to see um, experiments where batch learning was applied. Then you only look at eight of 207 entries and your graphs will be updated as well so that's very cool that is one thing what makes our survey stand out the second thing is the microsoft academic graph stems from the field of social network analytics so it's only logical to create a social network graph of the authors within this data set citing each other this is what we've done here um, We built this with Gephi run the standard community detection algorithm and what's very interesting to see is that for some of the colors we were actually able to identify certain learner types for example that uh, one of the colors would only use batch or case-based reasoning or hierarchical learning so that was very interesting but not for all of the communities we were able to do that but uh, of course as I said this is open data you can find in our github repository you can download this gaffi file look at it interactively apply a different community detection algorithm or layout algorithm and find some different results so yeah this is just what we found if you are a social networks geek please best me the yeah but yeah let's get back to transfer itself so One thing we wanted to look at is what applications are transfer applied to because most of the surveys look at the algorithms and what they can overcome. But we wanted to know what are the actual, yeah, real life applications. And most of the stuff that we found is, so the majority uses 2D navigation because that's a problem yet unsolved as we're gonna see in a second. The second most popular thing is robotics because RL is very good at controlling joints. And the third is classic control, which is basically the pre version of robotics as it's just simpler toy box um, problems. There were unfortunately very few games in our data set. There was one regarding Unreal Tournament, one Doom and Sonic, but yeah, gaming is unfortunately not as prevalent. And I know, I think I know why, because if we look at the task differences so number five here, how do these tasks differ? So there's different categories, as I said, and we looked at all of them. And at the very right, we have the problem space differences. Less than 10 experiments actually did cross domain transfer. So say you learn something on cart pole and then apply this policy on mountain car. That is, yeah, so this is, Something we need to do more. There's way too little of it. As, and you might ask yourself on the very left, what is transition dynamics? And that is very interesting. So, transition dynamics can be anything that changes your world somehow while not really if so changing the task. So, imagine you're driving a car and suddenly The grip is different. You have more horsepower or something like that. That is a change in the transition dynamics because from time step one to time step two, now there's a different acceleration or something. And here we can see that goal position, starting position levels. um, Yeah, the transfer cannot generalize to any arbitrary levels yet. Um, Most of the experiments we saw were on static levels and changing between those, we f- did find one thing, one paper from Risi and Togelius, which was about PCG and 2D navigation, where they showed that RL can in fact learn to generalize to one specific generator, but not to any arbitrary level layout. Um, yeah. So, what is our research agenda that we base on all these findings? I want to stress that for the research agenda, we did not only look at the papers we found through scraping, but also did manual research. So first of all, we need better metrics. What does better metrics mean? So there are these numbers that we can extract to say how similar or different a task is. And there's a lot of them and they are all useful, but what is still missing is this universal measure where we say, okay, we have, Cartpole, and this is Mountain Car, and the probability that Q-learning will be able to transfer its policy from this to this problem is x. We do not have this value yet, and it would be nice if we had it. Second, more planning. We've seen, for example, Go Explore in the recent recently, and I've, as I've tried to explain earlier, 2D navigation planning to cope with new environments is insanely difficult for rl and we've seen that a hybridization of reinforcement learning with planning methods like mcts is able to overcome this these limits if you look at go explore most of the problems it looks at even though it's atari games are 2d navigation based and they outperform every previous approach so that's why we believe more planning will improve the current limitations of transfer and reinforcement learning at least for tuning to navigation third of all benchmarks most or yeah the majority of all experiments just postulated it all, its own problem there are benchmarks like mujoco procgen also transfer reinforcement learning specific benchmarks like alchemy from google or um meta world but the problem is there's not enough yet you need especially for the 2D navigation that are all very similar. There's no one single benchmark yet. And the biggest problem is that they, as I said, use static levels. So we need more procedural content generation in there. That is something that uh, also Rizio and found out in a paper that actually did a very similar uh, categorization with case-based reasoning hierarchical um and they too said pcg is the way to go because if you were there on monday there was some of these people the people from ea talking and showing that there is parameters like if you jump from different platforms how far are they apart and something like these are difficulty parameters with which you can control the training and for reinforcement learning currently curriculum learning looks like one of the bo- best shots at controlling this and PCG benchmarks would enable you to dynamically adjust the difficulty in a in an automatic curriculum to enable the quickest learning. All right, um, yeah. Uh, also, because uh, I arrived at this similar uh, result with PCG as Julius and Togelius did, uh, Togelius and Risi did. I think what happened here is an overlap. So we look, at two, we look at the same problem, but we use completely different keywords in generalization and transfer. This happened before. For example, if you look at energy-based models, general adversarial networks and inverse reinforcement learning, there is an excellent connection paper showing how they all have this common ground while they talk about it in, complete, in very different words. And I'm pretty sure that most generalization experiments could be categorized in the framework that I've just shown. Lastly, let's come to our vision. Something uh, that I imagine in the future we will have is an open machine learning-like database that has all the data for every experiment, has all the data that we see here with the categorization data filled in and everything And then we might be able to um, build a supervised learning method that can, in fact, tell us whether algorithm Y can transfer from from task A to task B. So in conclusion, cross-domain transfer is far from a reality yet. We have much to do to do actual transfer in the way that we humans would imagine transfer from task A to task B. To achieve this goal, we postulate a research agenda, which first consists of better transfer and similarity metrics so that we can automatically say if we can transfer from task A to task B. Second, we believe that planning will improve the performance of RL. So we should hybridize RL with MCTS or other planning methods like curricula. Third of all, we need more benchmarks and they should be procedurally generated. They should use procedural generation to allow for automatic curricula to be used. As a vision, we envision a database where all the experiments run within these new benchmarks are collected and are comparable. As a bonus, we have a small tool or a website, whatever you want to call it, where you can explore this categorized data further, as we've shown earlier in the demo. That is already the end of my talk. Thank you very much for listening and the honor of being able to present a vision paper here at COG. And I hope you have some interesting questions.
1: All right, thank you very much, Matthias. Um, for the audience out there, if you have any questions, we have like three, four minutes for questions, a little bit more. Uh, if you have any questions, please use the q a function, type them down, and then uh, we will read them and Matthias will answer them. Um, I don't know. Sometimes typing takes time, so so um, I can just start with a with a question. Uh, I I was just thinking if you could go um, in the figure about the transfer learning pro- progress. Uh, um, could you could you clarify in point uh, one of point one to seven on the framework? Because because I think it would be good to to sort of hear about that in a little bit more depth. Thanks.
0: Yeah. All right. So what i rushed a little bit is the actual process of transfer learning as i said it's very similar to generalization because the main part that happens here is between the source and the target task the differences between these tasks because as soon as you know that you have a categorizable difference and you are in fact doing transfer you it's easy to fill out the rest um and for example the differences i didn't go into detail we can see here um transition dynamics like i said going into a car that has more horsepower or something like it goal and starting position so that was something i was very um surprised about most of the 2d navigation problems already struggle if you vary the end position the goal position not uh, or the starting position so rl is not very good at Generalizing to the d navigation, at least without tricks. Um, what else can we go into detail on the process? Um,
1: we we actually have one question from the audience, if that's okay. Um,
0: author relationship graph. The
1: yeah. So the question yes. is, could could you clarify the details of the author relation graph, which appeared earlier in your slide by yes. Connor Gregor?
0: All right. So the as i said the microsoft academic graph stems from the field of social network analytics so every paper is this entrance that has different fields and one of the fields is references to other papers so i know which paper referenced which other paper and this then i in turn use to show which author referenced which other author for example if we look here um, and i scroll in a bit then we can see the individual name, or I'll just make the text very big. And then we can read the individual name of the paper and author. If, for example, homomorphisms to transfer. Um, And we, the community algorithm, we didn't do a lot of sophistication with it, but I was surprised that we still found different learner types. So the colors we were able to um, relate to the allowed learner part one here that some people were using hierarchical ba- hierarchical based uh, learning. Um, I think in the chat, is there more questions? All direct, yes, um, the direct
1: edge, edges. Um, I hope that answers your question.